Hey guys, Canadian Range Nut here. It is Monday, June the 6th, 2022. Um, few things I want to talk about today. So three things actually. First is an interview I came across uh, where Tucker Carlson is intervie interviewing Hickok 45. Now, if you don't know who Hickok 45 is, I'd actually be surprised if you don't. Uh, he's one of the biggest YouTube personalities regarding guns um, on YouTube. So he's got like mil like six million subscribers to him. Um, he basically reviews like every gun, and uh, he's an older gentleman, um, really knowledgeable with uh, with guns. So they're going to talk about the situation in the states. And uh, the reason I'm including that is I do think uh, <clears throat> the the issue that they're going to talk about is uh relevant to us as well and it just, they basically talk about the uh biden's uh desire to ban nine millimeter ammo second thing i want to talk about is uh, there's an interview that i came across with marco mendicino he was being interviewed by ctv news and they were basically questioning him on uh what he thinks he's going to accomplish with the handgun ban in canada and the third thing i wanted to cover was a, a store in um from Cambridge called Select Shooting Supplies. They were also interviewed by CTV News as well. And I just want to give them some attention. And they're actually being very vocal uh, against this handgun ban, as are most of the other gun stores. But uh, that was the, the one interview I came across. So we'll be talking about those three things. Uh, if you like what you hear, please remember to like and subscribe. And don't forget to click that bell as well. And make sure you click all for the notifications. Um, that way you'll get each uh, upload that I do uh, send to YouTube. So I'm just going to start with the uh, Tucker Hickok 45 uh, interview and here we go. If you're for a law, will it apply to you? Do Michael Bloomberg's bodyguards carry the dreaded 9mm or 223 rounds? Do they have high capacity magazines? Do Nancy Pelosi's bodyguards, which you pay for, do Mitch McConnell's bodyguards carry those rounds? Well, we wanted to know, why wouldn't we want to know? Why don't we have a right to know? So we emailed all three of their offices today. And unlike we have to say, Justin Trudeau's office, none of them even bothered to reply to us. So obviously they won't be disarming their own bodyguards. They'll keep their own weapons of war. In the meantime, they'll continue to pass legislation against weapons they know nothing about. They've been doing this for decades. Great point there about uh, passing legislation about weapons that they know nothing about. Same thing is going on in Canada as well. And I do love how he points out the fact that, um, you know, the guns are quite all right for security services to carry with them uh, to, you know, to protect the politicians and that kind of thing. But, you know, for law abiding citizens, uh, these politicians want to get rid of these guns. So let's continue. We did a documentary on this, actually, and we spoke to probably the person who knows more about self-defense weapons than any living American, Hickok 45, one of the most popular figures on YouTube and truly an expert on the use of firearms for self-defense. Here's part of what he told us. And, and of course, it has the, the famous uh, Tucker Carlson barrel shroud on it. Barrel shroud. Hickok 45 is referring to Congresswoman Carolyn McCarthy of New York, who famously didn't understand the firearm she was trying to ban. Do you know what a barrel shroud is? I actually don't know what a barrel shroud is. Okay, because it's in your legislation. It's a shoulder thing that goes up. No, it's not. So a barrel shroud makes the, the rifle more deadly, right? Yeah, really, shrouds that barrel. <laughs> you know, a lot of what people come up with that do not know firearms. They just uh, do not like them. They hate them, and you know, so they're looking for reasons to hate them. They, they don't know anything about the cartridges. A bullet is dangerous. Let's, let's face it. A hammer, a chainsaw, a ladder, a car—they're potentially dangerous. 
And I love the point uh, Hickok makes there that uh, some people are just, they just hate guns so much. They just want to get rid of them. Don't even want to bother to get educated on it. And that's what a lot of these lawmakers are doing in Canada as well, guys. Like they don't even know how the guns work. Um, I know Mendicino was once invited to a range by an opposing MP. And apparently he wouldn't even, uh, they offered uh, the chance for him at a range to fire the gun. And he didn't even want to touch the gun. So, you know, you would think if you're going to ban something and be so vocal about it that you should know at least something about it. I just want to continue with this interview. Here we go. Hickok 45 joins us now. We're happy to have him. Hickok 45, thanks so much for coming on. So it seems like the rhetoric has changed. If the president and people around him are now calling for banning 9mm ammo and 223-556 ammo, the, the rounds used in the AR-15, that prevents most Americans from defending themselves, does it not? Uh, hi, Tucker. Uh, well, yes, it is the most common, as you said, it's the most common defensive uh, cartridge probably on the planet, uh, certainly in the United States, as well as 5.56. Extremely common and light recoiling, very popular uh, for young and old, uh, target shooting, plinking. Uh, competition, uh, it and the 5.56, uh, the AR round, which is actually fairly light recoiling, yeah, and, and, and not considered powerful enough even for deer hunting in, I think, a lot of states. So, you know, there you go, yeah. I love how you mentioned the deer hunting as well, because if any of you have taken your hunting course, um, I know in Canada, if you're, let's say you're going to hunt a deer or a moose, you have to make sure that you have a round that is powerful enough to kill the animal um, in order to ensure it basically dies right away. So if you're using like a 22 to kill, uh, try to kill a moose, uh, first of all, it's just going to look at you and laugh and probably try to kill you. Um, so... You know, the a lot of the rounds we use for hunting are much more powerful than the rounds you would use in like an AR and stuff like that. But of course, the legislators don't pay attention to that. Um, I want to continue with this. Let's keep going. I'd like to say also before we uh, proceed, I uh, you know the, the event in Texas is it just rips your heart out. As a former yes. middle school teacher for over twenty five years, uh, it's it's it really is unimaginable. I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, and and how you just can't even it's unthinkable. We hear a lot. It really is. It truly is because uh, you get so close to those kids in the classroom, and so whether you're a gun owner or not. Uh, it's just it's just horrible. Yeah. But what's what's interesting is and, you know, we always give the benefit of the doubt to law enforcement. I think too few do. But this does seem like a case where we could learn something really important from the action and the failure to act by law enforcement on the scene. But we're blowing right past that and trying to take guns out of your closet. Why do you suppose we're not learning the real lessons here? I don't know. I, you know, it almost makes you want to put your tinfoil hat on, doesn't it? Uh, uh, and I'm not one for conspiracies, really, but I, these days, who knows? The, the thing that really bothers me is through the years, the anti-gunners, they have, uh, they refuse to uh, really assist and get the schools protected, get the schools hardened, get the law enforcement officers in there, get the schools protected. First priority, this is, you know, for eight or 10 years, they should have had this done by now. They'd rather focus on uh, firearms, inanimate objects. You know, that, that's where they, they want all, all their, 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 their clout going to ban guns. 
he makes a really good point here too because um, anytime you mention arming teachers now uh, when I say arm teachers I'm not talking about Canada we don't have the same problem here but when I say arming teachers I'm talking about like getting them armed and trained uh, so that way it is a hardened target now maybe that's the wrong thing to do I don't know but something has to be done you've got 400 million guns in the states you've got a population of about 350 million the guns are not going to go anywhere um, also again having security on the outside and uh, you've got to have more than one guy more than one armed guard um, so that's another point but he, uh, I, I, I do like what he says because a lot of times when you talk to anti-gunners they don't want to look at the option of possibly having better protection around the perimeter of the school most of the time they just want to they look use this opportunity to try and take guns from Americans and as we can see in the last few days, last week with the Canadian handgun ban, uh, again, it's uh, they never fail to turn a crisis into an opportunity. Um, again, in Canada, we all know that we're all legal uh, handgun owners, but they, I think I mentioned in one of my previous videos that I bet you any money they're going to use the Uvalde, Texas, the mass shooting there to push this uh anti-gun agenda which they did in Canada as well so that's one of the one of the reasons I want to play you this interview because I know a lot of you guys think oh we're different way different than the states but it does affect what happens to us here and again politicians use that as an excuse and the fact that Biden is calling for a ban on nine millimeter ammo don't think for a second that that is not going to affect us in Canada because where does most of the ammo get made it gets made in the US so if, if that actually comes that ban actually does come about in the US, that is definitely gonna affect us in Canada. So that's super important. And just a side note too, guys, um, I, I know I mentioned becoming part of uh, these organizations in Canada like the NFA and the CCFR. I am actually also a uh, card-carrying member of the NRA in the States. And I the reason, I've, it's almost been a year now that I've been part of them. And it's actually pretty good. You get a few free magazines from it and stuff like that. But uh, so they, they keep you constantly up to date with the issues in the United States. Um, the reason I did that was because I figured if 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 the U.S. laws keep uh, keep eroding as far as gun rights are concerned and um, that's just going to trickle over to Canada. So that's why I do support the NRA. And the funny thing is. You know, the NRA has been vilified for all of these years, and I used to believe all of the crap that was said about them. The magazines I get from them, it's all about protecting your family, protecting yourself, uh, you know, personal responsibility. That is, uh, that's what I get from the NRA. If you ever go to Cabela's or to Bass Pro Shops, if you ever look on the walls, you'll actually see the NRA uh, initials on their, on those stores there too. So if you're uh, a lot of anti-gunners, you might know, as soon as they hear the NRA, they're like, oh, the evil NRA, right? The NRA is actually a, a really uh, good organization. And um, if you are in Canada, you do have to call them on the phone to sign up with them though because it's like a special type of membership but anyway uh, let's get back to this interview here and all the rhetoric and meanwhile the schools are not protected they should have been protected by now you can't protect against every eventuality but you could certainly make a lot of progress and they just ignore that seemingly if if this and I, I want to be as fair as possible, if the state of California has ended the requirement to report to law enforcement students who make violent threats, can you think of any legitimate reason to do that? If you if you wanted to reduce the number of school shootings, why would you do that? 
Yeah, exactly. A very good point because you see comments online occasionally. I think about it in today's environment. Who would be silly or crazy enough to make a comment or a violent threat? You know, anything related to hurting people with or without a firearm right. in a public forum to where people could hear you. Like you either you either are crazy or you uh, are planning to do something. Yeah. That's another good point too. And I just discovered that now as far as uh, California getting rid of that rule. Um, how does that make any sense, especially if you want to reduce the number of mass shootings? You would think you would take every threat seriously, no matter what. And again, I know this is what hap- what is in the States, but it is definitely relevant to us here because, again, it trickles down. And our politicians, at least our liberal politicians, use this stuff as an excuse. Uh, this Almost at the end of this interview. Yeah. So, you know, they need to look into that. Yeah, yeah I would say. It got 45 I mean, you of know. you of YouTube fame. Great to see you tonight. Thank you. Good, good to see you. Thanks. All right. So again, that was Hickok 45 interviewed by Tucker Carlson. If you haven't checked out his YouTube channel, check it out. It is uh, it is a really good channel. His videos are uh, much, much longer uh, than like stuff that I would do or other uh, gun reviewers would do. Um, and his son actually helps him film, uh, film the stuff on YouTube and all that. But he tests pretty much everything. Um, all right. I want to go to the next interview now. This one is uh, an interview um, with uh, Mark. Marco Mendicino again, and oh, when I see this guy's face, I just think, I just think of, of a weasel. That's all I can think of. Same with uh, our friend uh, Trudeau. But um, I'm just going to start the interview right away for you guys. Here we go. Joining me now, the Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino. Minister, good to have you back on the program. Thanks. Why bring in a national freeze on handguns? Because it still leaves a million handguns plus. Your government does support municipalities and provinces with a ban. So if if it's so effective, why didn't the federal government just ban them? Well, we began by listening to a lot of different folks in this space, including survivors, uh, law enforcement, uh, industry leaders. And we landed on a policy in the form of the national handgun freeze because we think it is the fastest and most effective way to reverse some very alarming trends, which were reported by Statistics Canada, including the Uh, ongoing increase uh, to the handgun universe, about 55,000 new registrations every single year for the last decade. So by launching this uh, policy, it's it's part of a broader C-21 package, which represents the strongest gun reform uh, legislative uh, package in a generation. Love how he says they got uh, tips from the industry. It's like, okay, who in the industry? Um, And obviously uh, they talked with a lot of the anti-gun organizations as well. But I remember watching the news a few months ago and even a lot of the police were saying this uh, Bill C-21 is going to do nothing to stop guns and gangs. But let's keep listening. But the question is, is it missing the mark? You know, between 80 and 85% of the crimes committed with handguns in, in urban areas are done with illegal handguns. The smuggling of handguns across the U.S. border is the big problem. Uh, are you targeting legal gun owners, gun owners who aren't the problem. They're not the criminals. They're not, they've already faced some of the toughest regulations. And in fact, so it looks like you're doing something, but you're really not targeting the illegal flow of guns across the border. Bill C-21 doesn't target law-abiding gun owners. It targets handgun violence. It targets organized crime. We're raising maximum sentences against illegal smugglers. We're giving police new wiretap powers to interdict and to stop gun crime from occurring in the first place. And we're investing in more resources for CBSA 
and RCMPs, but they've got the technology. And you combine that with the cooperation that we have with the United States by reinvigorating the cross-border crime forum, we're going to be tackling incoming illegal firearms at the border. Last year, we seized a record number. We need to do more, and Bill C-21 will help us do that. Once again, didn't answer the question. He was asked if they're targeting law-abiding gun owners. He said no, and then he went off on this ta- uh, this huge tangent, much like most of these politicians do. It's a freeze on legal guns. Like you're saying, you can't you can't buy new more handguns. There's legal gun owners who say, look, we already have some of the most onerous safety rules. There's no data that says the legal gun owners are the problem. Leave us alone and go after the illegal guns. What's the response to that? Because I've spoken to a lot of these gun owners. They feel like they're being unfairly targeted and frankly criminalized. Look, and I have uh, enormous respect for law-abiding gun owners and have engaged with them and have visited some of my uh, opposition colleagues' writings to to talk with them. But the fact of the matter remains that Statistics Canada reports that gun violence is on the rise. Handgun violence specifically is on the rise. Um, Gender-based and domestic violence in connection with guns is on the rise. Here we go with the lingo, gender-based again. Uh, how about just calling it violence? And also, uh, again, notice he doesn't answer the question. He just goes into a broad statistic. Well, StatsCan says that uh, um, handgun, uh, handgun crimes are going up. Well, again, why are they going up? And another thing that Bill C-21 does is it introduces red flag protocols, which allows anyone to go to a court to say, seize the, uh, the, the gun or suspend the license. Uh, precisely to address that, but with the additional protection of that person's identity. So, By the way, we already have, if you don't know this, we already have red uh, flag laws in Canada. Um, and if you, uh, anybody who you think is a risk to themselves or others, they can just call it the 1-800 number of the Canadian Firearms Program. and Or you can even call 911 and they will go to that person's house. So this, again, is a lot of virtue signaling right here. So there's a lot of good here. Canadians support this legislation, Evan, because we've been listening to them and we'll continue to work with them to pass this law. I'm just trying to figure out the logic. You're the government that decriminalized marijuana because you said, look, uh, people are, you know, by criminalizing it, we're basically boosting the black market. It's illegal. We can't seem to stop it. So we'll make sure it's safe and we'll legalize it and organizing it. Now you're freezing handgun sales. Couldn't that just boost the black market for the weapon? And it's the very opposite logic that you're using to handle the drug issue with marijuana. Now you're doing the very opposite thing with guns. I don't get it. And I love how this guy's challenging him uh, again, which I'm shocked to see from CTV. That is a great point, though, about the marijuana, right? So uh, they claimed they wanted to get rid of the black market, get rid of organized crime, and they're doing the exact opposite with the handguns. Well, there's a big difference between trying to take people who are addicted and struggle with substance issues out of the criminal court system because it's not an effective way to rehabilitate them and putting them into the public health care system and going after serious hardened criminals who want to traffic and import illegal guns which hurt and terrorize our communities. And what Bill C-21 does is it takes that problem head on by introducing a national handgun freeze, by giving police additional powers and resources, and by addressing uh, the very serious concerns that we have between uh, domestic violence and gun crime. So right there, he's lying too, because I remember a few years ago when Trudeau actually decided to uh, legalize marijuana. One of the actual commercials that I remember seeing, I don't know if you guys remember this, it was actually talking about how they're going to uh, take power away from organized crime because the people won't have to buy illegal marijuana anywhere. So he just basically lied right there. 
Mr. Just respectfully, there are still tough drug laws, but but the government controls recreational use of marijuana because the government clearly thinks there's a safe way and a recreational way to use it. Why doesn't that apply to handguns as well? Make it, you know, organize that and then go after the heart, the, the drug crimes, the, just like the drug dealers you're still going after, go after the people who are getting illegal guns, but let the recreational safe users have their say like you're doing with pot. We do respect that the vast majority of gun uh, owners are, are ones that follow law, but we're adjusting and making changes to the law because there have been ongoing increases to gun violence. And at the end of the day, uh, we have to do better. And we're going to continue working with law enforcement. We're going to continue working uh, with mayors. I was just in Saskatchewan uh, where we heard broad support, uh, not only from big city mayors, but from some rural mayors as well, who think that this bill represents a step in the right direction. That's why I'm calling on all parliamentarians to read this bill, to debate this bill, and to pass this bill okay. as quickly as possible. Minister, you're saying something really I want people to listen to. You're saying it's a step in the right direction. Is this a step towards an outright national ban? Is that what this is? This is acceptable. We'll do the freeze. But as you said, it's a step, and we're going to go further. This is definitely going to be a step to an outright ban. If you, if, And obviously, I think a lot of us know that just because of the the way the handguns have been selling out everywhere. And remember I mentioned that Ruger Wrangler, guys, that I ordered, so I'm still waiting for it. Cabela's had it on sale for 40 bucks cheaper, which kind of pissed me off, but whatever, that's fine. Uh, I'm not going to change that now because I just want to get it in my hands. That sold out in like a day online. Um, I'm, and there's a, I will post another video uh, maybe in the next couple of days of Trudeau in 2010 talking about this very issue where he himself had said that um, uh, when you register long guns, it's the first step to them eventually taking them away. Uh, and if you, you, you can even YouTube that video yourself, just Google uh, um, uh, Trudeau plus uh, gun ban or something, or 2010, and it'll come up. But I'll try to post that in the next couple of days. But uh, let's continue with this. Is that coming? Well, look, uh, as I've always said, uh, we have to leave all options on the table. But I also want to make something else clear. Bill C-21, while it is a significant stride and the most ambitious in a generation by itself, will not eradicate gun violence. Um, we have to invest. So remember what he said there. We have to leave all options on the table. And this is not just going to stop with handguns, too. I do believe that the, this government will eventually try to go after the long guns as well. Uh, it's it's a step-by-step -step process, right? And uh, they're, they're smart about it. Like the smaller steps they take, people, many people don't pay attention except for us as, as uh, licensed gun owners. And uh, before you know it, your rights are stripped. It just takes time. In our police, we have to make sure that we are protecting our borders. We have to introduce smart gun policy. And we also have to make sure that we are addressing gun crime at its root cause, which is why our Building Safer Communities Fund is going to do just that. Taking a look at access to affordable housing and creating safer and inclusive spaces and access to other health care supports. We've got to be doing all of these things as part of a comprehensive strategy. It's not about picking one. It's about safer and inclusive spaces. Notice again, he doesn't talk about getting hard on criminals, but uh, that's the way the, the liberal government tends to work. Doing all of them at the same time. Your government has already banned 1,500 assault-style weapons back in 2020. You're planning to do more, by the way, but you have yet to introduce the buyback program. When will Canadians finally see that? And what's taken so long to bring in that program? 
Well, look, from my point of view, the, the program can't start fast enough. We uh, built, uh, we put in place, sorry, the national ban on AR-15 and assault-style rifles uh, two years ago. That banned 1,500 models. We're now up to 1,800 models, which is a good thing because these guns have no place in our communities. Oh, by the way, if you, uh, I'm sure many of you do know this, but AR does not actually stand for Assault Rifle. It stands for Armalite Rifle. Armalite was the company, and it's Armalite Rifle 15. So anyone who tells you that it stands for Assault Rifle is a, is a complete moron. And we are going to be imminently launching the industry co uh, consultation to come up with a compensation scheme. It's a hard, complex thing to do, Evan. This is the first program of its kind in Canada, but we are determined to begin the process of buying back AR-15 and assault-style rifles by the end of this year. Okay, got to leave it there this morning. A public safety minister, Marco Mendicino. Appreciate your time. Okay, I'll stop it right there. Um, so now let's go to the third thing I wanted to talk about today. Um, I just want to, there's an interview on CTV News with uh, Select Shooting Supplies, and it just briefly talks about the handgun freeze and how their sales have uh, skyrocketed. So here we go with this one. Handgun sales have shot up in the company. The days following the federal government's announcement that it will freeze the sale and imports of handguns in Canada. The proposed new rules have some in Waterloo Region moving quickly to buy handguns. CTV Stephanie Valella reports. Cases that are usually filled with handguns are now nearly empty. It's one of the bigger booms in sales that we have seen. Select Shooting Supplies, a gun shop in Cambridge, says sales in handguns have soared over the last couple days. The shop says those who are purchasing are licensed gun owners who have gone through vigorous training and safety courses. Our customers are speaking with their wallets. But says the boom won't last. Because once this bill is passed, we won't be able to bring any more handguns in at retail level. On Monday, the Prime Minister tabled legislation that would put a national freeze on handgun ownership. We're talking last Monday now, not today. In an effort to curb gun violence. Some local gun owners say this freeze penalizes law-abiding gun owners. With gangs and things like that, that's where our problem is. But they can't control that, so they try to control us as the honest citizen. It's frustration because it's targeting some of the most highly vetted and responsible citizens in this country. And it's frustration because it's not targeting organized crime. The Coalition for Gun Control says this legislation is long overdue. If you look at mass shootings, most mass shootings, whether we're talking about the uh, Quebec Islamic Centre, whether we're talking about... Oh, just to give you an idea, too, to this woman has her pronouns listed on the, uh, the screen as she, her. Um, just shows you where the priorities are. Some of the horrific cases of domestic violence that we've seen, um, most of those shootings are legal guns, legal gun owners. The better we restrict access to firearms, especially handguns and military style assault weapons, the more we reduce the risk that those guns will be used to kill. So one of our more- And no one's saying that uh, people who are not mentally stable should have a gun. Because uh, obviously if you're not mentally stable, uh, you have a history of mental illness, then yeah, uh, you, sh you shouldn't have access to a gun. That's just common sense. But uh, no, these groups, they, they, they either want all or nothing. Uh, and we're almost at the end here, guys. There's a little bit more. Popular items. But Simper says banning handguns won't stop some people from obtaining them illegally. Stephanie Valala, CTV News, Cambridge.
All right, so that's I'm going to end it on that note today, guys. Please like or subscribe if you found uh, anything interesting in this video. Please feel free to comment as well. I uh, will try to respond to as many comments as I can. And uh, remember to click that little bell too so that you get those notifications. At the end of the video, you'll see a couple of my other videos pop up uh, and just feel free to watch those. Also, I started doing uh, some shorts. I put a short 15-second uh, video just showing a uh, speed loading of uh, – my some nine millimeter ammo. Let me know what you guys think of those, if they're even worth it for me to do or not. I actually found them kind of fun to do, but if you guys aren't uh, don't don't like it, then uh, I'll just I'll just stick with the uh, with the Canadian gun news and the American gun news. So anyway, um, again, it's today's Monday, June the sixth, and have a great night, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.